0: find your place psalms 107 we're going to finish up what we've been doing the last couple weeks here in this particular chapter oh give thanks unto the lord it says what a what a reason what a reason we've learned that god is worthy of our praise god is worthy of our thanksgiving psalms 107 we're going to read just a couple verses verses one and two and then skip down to uh verse number 23 1 and 2 and then verse 23. Amen. Psalms 107. Well, Brother Ronnie, war eagle anyhow. Amen. They just about did it. Hallelujah. Bless God. I was rooting. Amen. Psalms 107. We'll pray for them this afternoon. Amen. Uh <laughs> if you get if you're in verse 1, say amen. It says, Oh give. Thanks unto the Lord for He is what? How many of y'all believe that? He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. I want to really thank the Lord for that. Because if it wasn't, we'd be in trouble. Thank God for His mercy. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. If you have not been here the last couple of weeks. Let me just give you a little brief uh, uh, review of what we have discussed. Psalms 107 is a proclamation that, that the psalmist gives to us that we need to give thanks to God. We need to be a thankful people. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. He not only just tells us we need to, he tells us why we need to. He doesn't just say, listen, you ought to do this. He says, this is why. He says, "We God has been good to us in our salvation. Say that with me. God's been good to us in our, our salvation. Then the second thing we learned in the next few verses was, God is even good to us in our sin. When God comes and deals with us and helps us get to where we are, to where we need to be, God is good to us in our sin. Then the next few verses talk about sickness and how God is good to us in our sickness. But we want to finish up this morning on the subject, God is good... In our storm. Say that with me. God is good in our, our storm. The Bible says in verse 23, look in verse 23, Psalms 107. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven and they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their... You ever been there? At their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the ways thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them, now here it is. Now all of y'all that want to be quiet when you come to church, that, 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 that is something we need to work on because the Bible says let them exalt him also where in the and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for your, 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 Lord, Your blessings. Thank You for everything. Thank You for all that You've done for us. Thank You for salvation. Thank You for helping us get out of the sin we're in. Thank You, Lord, for healing us when we're sick. Lord, thank You for all that You've done for us. And Lord, I'm so thankful that You are in our storms when we go through them. God, I pray that You'll help us now learn something from Your Word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In studying, in studying for this message this morning, uh I I, I couldn't help but think about the, the the storm that came through Louisiana, came through New Orleans, the hurricane there, and all the damage that it did. I grew up in South Florida my whole life, and, and I've got some family here that can testify to this. There, there is some unbelievable power. In Mother Nature, if you want to use that terminology, Mother Nature, we know it's the hand of God. God commandeth the the winds to raise and the waves to come and we know that there's i mean i've got pictures in my office from one of the last hurricanes that came through florida and concrete poles snapped over like it was a toothpick i mean uh, houses turned upside down boats taken from a harbor and taken to uh, you know 2 or 300 yards inland set right on the ground just unbelievable things that you see and the power that's in a storm and I began to read this and study this and I, I, I went back and looked at some different storms that were in the Bible. And just by way of introduction, this is not the notes, but, but just by way of introduction, I've there, there, seen three different kinds of storms. There are storms of disobedience. Storms of disobedience, we go back to the book of Jonah and and find out that God had commanded Jonah to go do something and go uh, uh, follow his will and preach to Nineveh. And he said, I'm not doing that, I'm I'm not doing what you want me to do. And God put him in a storm. Say that with me, a a storm. I'm not going to preach on that this morning. but, But we will, if we disobey God, you better batten down the hatches because a storm is coming. And there are storms of disobedience. But then, then I, I, I read over there in the book of Acts where, where Paul and, 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 and the other prisoners were in that, that prisonership and, 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 and he said, look, I don't believe we need to go anywhere. I think, I think this is a dangerous trip we're taking. God was speaking to him to tell others and said, look, we need to stay right where we are. But they said, oh no, because it wasn't as uh, commodious. In other words, they they didn't have all the thrills that the other place had. And we don't want to winter here all the time. This would be a boring place to be. Let's go do our own thing. And Paul ended up in a storm because of the decisions of other people. And there are storms of distraction. Not only storms of disobedience, but storms of distraction. And I use the word distraction because uh, Paul had a destiny to stand before Caesar. And matter of fact, the only reason that God rescued him and all of the prisoners that were there is because to get Paul to that destiny. Do you realize that you have a destiny this morning? You have a divine purpose given by God Almighty that there are going to be people in your life that's going to try to distract you from your destiny? And it will cause storms in your life. Things that take place in your life that, that, that you did not cause, but was caused by the decisions of others. But I want to talk about the third one today. Not storms of disobedience. Storms of disobedience are easy to deal with and easy to fix. Just do right. Because the moment you do right, the moment you come back to God and do what you're supposed to do, the storm is over. The moment that they threw Jonah out of the ship, the storm calmed completely. So that's easy to fix. Storms that 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 that, that others cause. You you've got to trust God and follow His will because others will see God in you through how you take care of yourself in that storm. But then this morning, I, this is one I want to talk about because I believe this is where the majority of God's people are. The majority of the people in here are. There are storms of development. Storms of development, not storms of disobedience. You're doing right. You're following Him. Uh, not storms of distraction because it's not necessarily what somebody else is doing in your life, but what God is doing in your life. And I read over in Mark chapter number 4, and this, this is where we find the storms of development where the disciples and the Lord was in the boat. And the Bible says in Matthew that they followed Him. It's amazing that sometimes when you think that you're following Christ, that you're always going to be in sunshiny weather. But that's often not the case. Sometimes when you follow Christ, you're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes when you follow Christ, you'll go in that boat right in the midst of a storm. You'll go to places you never dreamed you'd go. But in following Christ, sometimes He brings you in a storm. And this storm is a storm of development. Mark chapter 4 verse 36 says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took Him even as He was in the ship. And there were also others with Him, also little ships. And there rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, this, watch what their terminology, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he turned around and said, He said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? A storm of development. I want to go back now to Psalms 107 and look at just a few things here in this chapter that will help us, I believe, when it comes to our storms. Whether you're in the storm or coming out of the storm or going into the storm, storms are a way of life for the Christian. It is something that God uses sometimes to develop us into what He wants us to be. Because you got to understand, from the moment you trust in Christ, from the moment that you believe on Him as your personal Savior, a process has begun in your life. You have started a chain of events in your life that God uses to develop you into the character of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that process does not always feel good. Many times that process is frightening. Many times that process is frustrating. Many times, just like this storm, it's very fatiguing. You're out in the storm and you're fighting it all night. And if you've ever been on the ocean in a storm, you know how scary it can be because you don't know what's going to happen the next minute. And you're out there and you're wondering, what in the world is God doing to you? Carest thou not that we perish? you ever felt like God had abandoned you? Have you ever felt like God has just thrown you to the wayside and, and here you are all by yourself. Here you are fighting for your life. Here you are doing everything you can to live another day, to keep your head above water, and you look back and Jesus is asleep on you. Have you ever felt that way? Where was God when my spouse left me? Where was God when my family member died? Where was God when my child broke my heart? Where was God when I lost my job? Where was God when, when I lost my house? Where was, where was God when my friends turned against me? We may not say this verbally, but I guarantee you we've all felt it one, one time or another. Don't you care? I know y'all are so holy in here, y'all don't believe me, but I'm telling you, this is a fact. Carest thou not what I'm going through? They said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we're afraid? Don't you care that we're dying? Don't you care we're about to go under? Don't you care? He stood. (laughs) It's an amazing thing to me. The ship's full. I don't know if you've ever been on the ocean in a boat. When it's rocking and rolling and tossing and turning and the ship is full of water, how are you going to sleep? But he did. The waves didn't wake him up. The thunder didn't wake him up. The lightning didn't wake him up. The boat full of water didn't wake him up. But when one of his children cried out, there's more preaching that than I can do today. Amen. Let's get back to the chat. I don't want to run a rabbit today. Three things I want you to see in the storm. Three things I want you to see in the storm. When you're afraid, when you're frustrated, when you're fatigued and you're ready to quit. When the storm has just about got you. Number one, I want you to see the master of the storm. I want you to see the master of the storm. The storm. The Bible says in Psalms 107, verse, verse number uh, 24, excuse me, verse 23, They that go down to the sea in ships, they that do business in great waters, this is talking about merchantmen, mariners, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He, what's that word? He, say it again, for He... He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the ways thereof. What do you need to see in the storm when it comes to the master of the storm? I want you to see, A, I want you to see His Lordship. His Lordship. Why is that important? Because you need to understand something. You need to understand something. There is no storm that you're in that He is not in control There is not one storm that you'll go through, there is not one difficulty you'll face, there is not one hardship you'll look at in your life that He is not in control. If you are commanding, you are in authority. If you are commanding and they obey your will, you are Lord you say, what does that do for me? I'll tell you what it does for you. 1 Corinthians 10 13 says this, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. What does that mean? I know that's talking about temptation, I know that's talking about testing that's coming your way, but I'm telling you this, I do not believe that our God in heaven who is Father who to his children, who loves his children with an everlasting love he will not let you go through something he can't get you through no matter how hot it gets always remember his hand is on the thermostat God will never let you go through something listen something that you cannot handle the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1 6 I love this because it's talking about our faith and it's going to bring us into number two. But but it says in 1 Peter 1, 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. What great three words. If need be. What does that mean? If you don't need it, you won't go through it. And if you are going through it, you need it. You need it. If need be. We are in heaviness through manifold temptation. If Christ sees fit, if you are facing a storm, if you're rocking and rolling, your life is turning upside down, and you have no idea what in the world's happening, you are right where you need to be. Some of the greatest advice I've ever been given in my life. I was here at Temple about three months. About three months, I was ready to quit everything, leave everything. I said, this is a mess. I don't know why I'm here. There ain't no reason why God should have brought me here. I I, I missed the the calling. I I, I, I mean, I was aggravated. and I was in a storm. Talked to Brother Craig. Brother Craig Edwards, one of the great preacher friends of mine, and and, and we was down at my dad's camp meeting night. For 30 minutes, I threw up on him all that I had problems with and all that was going on and every reason why I needed to be somewhere else. And he had them, you know them reading glasses that get down on the end of your nose? And they look over at you. They don't look through it. They look over at you, you know, and it's like your grandpa talking to you. you how do you, you, you got to pay attention then, amen? And I sat there, and I sat there, and I'm thinking, and I, and I, and he, he, he takes a while before he speaks, and, 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 and he, I said, well, Brother Craig, what do you think? He said, you know, he said, you are exactly where you need to be. And I sat there, And I I was speechless. I was like, did he not hear everything I just said? He said, son, you are exactly where you need to be. He began to tell me about uh, Dr. Lee Robertson who was asked in, a, in a, 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 an eating session when they were sitting down to lunch and, and they were asking him, uh, Dr. Robertson, what's made you, probably built one of the largest Sunday schools in the world. I mean, just an unbelievable thing and, and placed there. And, and he said, what has made you the man you are? He said, all the trouble I've been through has made me what I am. Whatever that is, whatever it is, by the grace of God and all the difficulty that I've been through and faced has made me what I am. Basically saying this, if you are in a storm... You need to be in a storm. There is a Lord in heaven who knows your every need. We are the children who are sitting in the doctor's office, sitting on our parents' lap, seeing the doctor coming in to give us an um, immunization shot, and we're screaming like a a Comanche Indian saying, Get me out of here! And we think our parents have lost their mind. Especially when they stick us. Say amen right there. I hate all doctors to this day because of that situation right there. And here we are. We don't understand it. All we know is this guy's fixing to hurt me. This is a bad situation. That thing that's coming to me that's meddling about that long and very pointy, it's not going to feel good. Mama, what are you doing to me? You know, when we go through the storm, we look up at God and God says, you need this. You need this to be what you need to be. You need this to build your faith. You need this to be. And we just want to. Are you all with me this morning? But he's Lord. Lord. He knows what we need. We see His Lordship in the storm. Then be. I want you to see His location in the storm. <laughs> I like this one. The Bible says in verse number, verse number, help me, verse number twenty-eight, and and verse number thirty. It says, "Then they cry unto the Lord in their tro- where are they at." in their trouble, in, that means locate. they are in their trouble, watch what it says. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out. He did not call them out, He brought them out. Now, if you're going to bring something out, if I'm going to, Brother Scott, if I'm going to bring a chair out of that choir ready room, where do I got to go? I got to be in there, don't I? If I'm going to bring something out, I got to be in the location that it is. Say, Amen. What does that mean? That means there's never been a storm that you've gone through that He hadn't been right beside you all the way. You say, but He's asleep, but He's in the boat. Hey, man. He's well aware of your need. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You say, but I'm facing a fiery furnace. He's well acquainted with a furnace. And he walked around with the three Hebrew children. He went to the den of lions with Daniel. I'm telling you, there's nothing you'll face without him. He'll always be with you. The master of the storm. Number two. This is the most important one, because this is really the message. I want you to see the mission of the storm, you remember what I said a while ago? If need be, God's not going to put you through something if you don't need it. If you've done, if you've done past all your your multiplication, whatever in school, you're not going to have to take them tests again because you already know it. The teacher knows you know that stuff. Why take it again if you've already been through it? You already know it. It's a waste of time. Are y'all with me so far? Storms are tests. Storms are tests to, to show you, not show God, because God already knows, to show you where you are. God doesn't need to put you through something to see where you are. God already knows where you are. But sometimes we need to see where we are. Sometimes when things come in our life, stuff arises when we don't even realize it. So how no, I'm 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 a whole lot better than what you think I am. Sure, until somebody cuts you off in traffic. Hello? Until the doctor walks in the room and says, I'm sorry. Until you get those papers in the mail. We think we're way ahead of the game till s- the storm arises. What is the mission of the storm? Why would God even put His children through the storm? How many of y'all believe that Jesus loved them disciples? He sure did. I mean, you can go back and look right before He died. He, he loved them so much. He washed their feet. And He said, I had desired to have this meal with you. I mean, He dearly loved His disciples, but He knew they needed a test. The Bible says in Psalms 107, this is just is straight from... Straight from the chapter. The Bible says, He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. In other words, those sailors, they're in that boat, and that wave lifts them way up high. And the Bible says, They go down again to the depths, and they come all the way back down in the depths, even sometimes going completely under the water and coming back up in that storm. Watch what it does. Watch what the storm does. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is, help me, their soul is melted. What is one purpose of the storm? What is the mission of the storm? You're not going to like this, but the mission of the storm is to break. Say that word with me, to break. The Bible says their soul is melted. Then verse 27, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. I was curious about that. Man, I kept reading that over and over and over and over again. And get the the verses, Brother Barnes, on Job up there. Do you have them? Get them ready. What did the storm do? To the child. What did the storm do to the person? First it said it melted. It melted their soul or, or melted their heart. I looked up the word melted. It means to soften. It means to soften. And I, I, begin, to, I begin to look at other verses in the Bible. And this is one intriguing verse that i, I seen. Job is saying this right before Job 23. He says, I have, I have done everything the Lord wanted me to do. I have followed the Lord to the best of my ability. I've even counted His word even more important than my daily food. But watch what he says. But... He is in one mind. Now, you got to understand, this is when Job has gone through it. He's lost all his children. He's lost all his finances. He's lost even his own personal physical health. He's got sore bowls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Even his own wife said, Man, just curse God and die. Get out of your misery. He's sitting in an ash heap, scraping his wounds, trying to get relief. And he said, I've been holy and I've been righteous. I've been, I've done what God has wanted me to do, but he is in one mind. And who can turn him? and what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. Verse number 14, For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. In other words, what I'm going through right now is what I need to be going through. This is an appointment that God has got for me, and many such things are with him. Verse 15, Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. Why? For God maketh my heart soft. You know, sometimes we get awful hard, don't we? Sometimes we get hard toward our family. Sometimes we get hard toward our spouses. Sometimes we treat our neighbor, or treat strangers better than we do our own spouses. We'll be nice to them, but then one of our children make us mad, or one of our spouses make us mad, and we'll bite their heads off. And here we are, supposed to be children of the kingdom. Here we are supposed to be ambassadors of Christ. We are to be Christ's body here on earth. And we're mean as a snake at each other. And we get we look at people who are in sin and say, Bless God, they ought to get a job. They ought not to be that way. They ought not to be on drugs, or they ought not to be addicted, or they ought this, they ought this, and all of a sudden we forget we were there. We forget that if it wasn't for the grace of God, we wouldn't be in church with a tie on. We'd be in Skid Row somewhere. We'd be somewhere filled with our own vomit. But by the grace of God, we're standing here today. Boys, I watched that little fella. Getting his eye taken out. Not being able to see anymore. Man, my heart just broke and I cried and I cried. And man, I was melted because of this little fella. And I got to thinking, why don't my heart do that for a sinner that's lost without Christ who's blind to the things of this world? That the God of this world has blinded their minds. We need to soften up. God needs to humble our hearts God needs to break us down. Sometimes we're so high and mighty. Sometimes we think that we are all of that and we think everybody's wrong but us and God has to put us through a storm. Because I tell you what, we was in a storm one time. Brother Mickle and and Lee, you remember that? We was out in that boat and buddy, there wasn't nothing we could do. When you get out in the storm, there's nothing, I I don't care what you do, you're at the mercy of the storm. You don't feel so tough then. You don't feel like you're in control then. Not only did it soften or melt, but it said they were at their wits' end. I looked up that phrase. That phrase means an end of wisdom. In other words, that's all I know. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what other step to take. I don't know what other direction to go. I don't know what else to do. I'm at my wit's end. Everything I know has not worked and here I am in the storm. There was one characteristic in all three of those storms, the storms of disobedience, the storms of distraction, and the storms of development. In every one of them, they did everything they could do. Jonah Go back and study this, but I'll save time and I'll just tell you. The Bible says they threw out the stuff. They did everything. And they even started calling on gods that they didn't even know. And they did everything. And they even, when Jonah said, Look, man, the only way you're going to get out of this is throw me overboard. They wouldn't even do that. They tried even harder to row even harder. And it did not work. Paul, in the book of Acts, when he was in the storm... The Bible says they threw out the laden of the ship. They threw out the all the the, the cargo of the ship. They did everything. They began to tie it up and they did everything and it got to the point that they threw out four anchors and hoped for the day. And it says when all hope was gone. When did they come to Jesus? It wasn't until the ship was full. They didn't come to Him when the lightning started flashing. They didn't come to Him when the thunder started rolling. They didn't come to Him when the rain started falling. They didn't even come to Him when the boat started leaking. They only came to Him when it was full. What does that mean? There's so many folks in this building, they're still trying to fix it themselves. Oh, but preacher, I'm praying, but you hadn't taken your hands off of it. You have not come to the end of your wisdom. It's amazing to me when we see this, and I've seen it for the first time. As long as I'm operating in my wisdom, I'm not using his. And as long as I'm operating in my ability, he can't use his. And one of the reasons for the storm is to get us to a place where we are at our wits end, where we're at the, listen, the end of our rope, where there's nothing more we can say, there's nothing more we can do, we can't do anything but cry out to Him. Paul said this, I will glory in my infirmities because when I'm weak, then am I strong. Because then it's God working in me. Boy, I hope you're getting this. Because the whole purpose of the storm is to get you to a place where you're at the end of yourself where all you can do is trust Him. Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, Brother brother Kendrick, there's been some storms I've been in that I should have sunk. With all the circumstances around me, everything that I could see, it was too bad. It should have went under. We never should have made it out of it. With Paul, I don't understand why God didn't keep the boat together. God let the whole ship fall completely apart. But the Bible said everyone made it to shore. Some on some swimming and some on broken pieces. I don't understand why God does things the way He does. I don't understand why one young man will be healed and another young man will go to heaven. I don't understand why... God will answer this prayer in the way it is asked. But then over here, He does not answer this prayer in the way it is asked. I don't understand everything God does. But I trust Him. Me and my brother was talking this week. I did not realize he was so philosophical. I'm not even sure he can spell philosophical. Philosophical. I'm not sure I can spell philosophical, Amen. But we were talking about things and about the way God operates. And you know, if we'll all be honest with each other, we don't all have it figured out. I'm getting to the place now, I have more questions than I have answers. But you know what? God doesn't want us to believe Him because we understand it. Or because it's logical, because there's nothing God does that's logical. God wants us to get to the place that we believe it because He said it. He wants us to believe in Him and in His Word. Are you at your wits' end this morning? Are you at the place that you just don't know what else to do? Number three. Not only the mission... Oh, excuse me, hang on. Let me give you B. God wants to build. God wants to build. It's amazing to me, in all three of the, of the Gospels that record the storm and Jesus asleep in the boat, in every single one of them, the one thing He was concerned with them was not the storm, was not the ship. He's not, oh my goodness, is the ship going to... Hey, hey, are, are y'all okay? Uh, did you Did you get... Uh, Is anybody choking with the wind? I mean, is is anybody having an anxiety attack? He didn't say, the only thing he was concerned about was this Why have you so little faith? Why are you so fearful? What are you afraid of? Why is it that you have no. Y'all quiet? Why is it that you have no. Go back and read in Mark 1, 2, and 3. And he's healing one person after another. He's performing one miracle after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And now he is in a ship. Now there's a storm, and they are flipping out. And he's saying, Why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? Now we can we can jump up on a soap box and say, that's right, they were with Jesus. They were in His presence. But you know what? We're not in His presence. He is in us. His Spirit is in us. He lives in us. Where is our faith? Where is our faith that God is going to bring us out? Where is our faith to know that God will meet the need? Where is our faith that, that God can speak the word and it's done? Where is our faith? The purpose of the storm is to break our reliance on ourself and build our reliance on Him. God doesn't want you operating your ability. God doesn't want you operating in your understanding. God wants you to have a God-sized power, a God-sized knowledge. Say amen, somebody. And you'll never get that but in the storm. Listen, lastly, and we're going to pray. What was number one? Say it back to me. Say it with me. Number one. Number two. Number three, I want you to see the miracle of the storm. The miracle of the storm. A and B. There's two words, Brother Kendrick, in these verses, bringeth in one verse and bringeth in another verse. But they're two different Hebrew meanings. It's the same English word that we have, but it's two different Hebrew word meanings. The first one says this they cry unto the lord in their trouble and he he say it with me and he bringeth them out of their distresses that word the hebrew word yatsa yatsa which means to go out i'm glad that god can bring us out I'm glad that when we're in the storm and we don't know which way to turn, we don't know which way to go, we don't know what to say, and we don't know what to do, we can cry out to Him and say, Jesus, take the wheel, and He can bring us out. But that's not the greatest miracle. That's not the greatest miracle to me. The next part is what I want you to get. The first word, bringeth, is the Hebrew word yatzah. But then it says this, In verse number 30, Then are they glad, because they be quiet. Talking about the waves and the storm. So He, help me, So He bringeth them unto their desired haven. That's the word nacha. Nacha, the Hebrew word nacha, which means, To transport. To transport. Now, you say, why does that do something for you? Because of this. How many of y'all have ever been in a storm before? Anybody been in a storm? Have y'all ever been on the ocean or in a boat in a storm before? All right, now, you may not, if you never have, this may not mean anything to you. But if you're in a storm on the ocean and you have no GPS equipment, see, they didn't have that back then. They didn't have, they didn't have. Uh, compasses back then. They didn't have those type things like we have today. We have electronic equipment. Hit the button and it'll take us right... But if you're in a storm, it will blow you off. And if it's a bad one, sure enough bad one, man, you could end up... You don't know where you're at. And you know what? There are Christians that's been in a storm that's got blown off. At one point in their life, they knew their direction. At one point in their life, they knew what God wanted in their life. They knew their purpose in life. They knew what God wanted them to do. And they even experienced joy. They experienced peace. They experienced happiness. And they were going the way they should go. And everything was going fine till the storm. Boy, in the midst of that storm, they began to doubt God. They got frustrated with with religion. They got fatigued with what was going on. And boy, the devil just blowed them off. And no matter how far, you've gotten blown off course. And you may be here today, and a storm has blown you off course. And you're doubting God. You're doubting God's people. You're doubting the Word of God. You're wondering whether up is down or down is up. You don't know which way to turn. And you've just gotten blown off course. The miracle of the storm is this. You cry out unto Him. And He will not only bring you out of the storm. He will not only go out with you and take you out of that stormy place in your life, but He will bring you to the haven that you desired. What does that mean? Everybody has a a plan. Everybody has a desire. Everybody has a wish. Everybody has a place in their life they want to be. Everybody has a place that they want their family to be or they want their life to be. And and, and, you know, sometimes people end up in homeless shelters because they've been blown off course. People end up in rehab because they've been blown off course. People end up, listen, in the poorhouse because they've been blown off course. There have been people, listen, that's ended up in a bad way in their life because they've been blown off course. But if we'll cry unto God, He will not only bring you out of that mess, bring you out of that storm, but He will transport you to the place you desire to be. He will bring you to His purpose. He will bring you to your destiny. It doesn't matter what the devil's done in your life. You can be where God wants you to be. I love the, word, the, the verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I was talking with my brother and everything in life that you really want, God will bring and meet that need. But the devil's got to so deceit into thinking we can get it some other way. But when you try to do it, young people, pay attention to this right here. When you try to shortcut to where you think you want to be or what you want, you're always going to end up in the ditch. You're always going to end up off course. But I promise you this, even if you have messed up, even if you have gotten blown off course, just crying to him, and he'll bring you to where you need to be. Say, but I don't deserve it. That's why he's so good. That's why we need to be thankful. Say, but I'm in the storm. Well, do what that verse says. They cried unto the Lord, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. When's the last time you've given up your doings? You've given up and you've taken your hands off the wheel. Say, God, I don't know what else to do. I'm in a hopeless situation. I'm at the end of my wisdom. God, please take over. When you do that, and you mean it with all of your heart, say, but preacher, I've left it at the altar. Yeah, but when you picked it up, when you went back to your chair, you picked it up and put it back in your pocket. Let him have it. And he will meet your need. Church, say amen. Father in heaven, I pray.